Welcome, I'm Joshua Zakoff, and this is Farewell to the Surface, the podcast, where we discuss life beneath the surface. Welcome back. Uh, I know it's been a little minute. You know, I know it's been a while, and um. And with that being said, I'll say it's been quite the transitional period. There's been a lot of stuff going on, um, just new seasons, different career paths, just kind of a season of of just being quiet, you know, revisiting things that God's spoken in the past, um, just being slow, you know. And, um, and you know, there's times it's like we, we get to move and we have to sit down a little bit and, and maybe look at things we've overlooked before or um, revisit things we thought we covered you know well and and go back and just kind of uh look over the past seasons and kind of make sure we picked up everything that God put down and and so just been stuff going on and uh and with that being said I definitely do have things that uh, are lined up and I do got things that um are planned and uh, I'm looking forward to this next year I got a bunch of stuff that I want to do and so with that being said today is going to be a it's going to be a quicker episode, you know what I mean? I actually wanted to kind of invite you guys in to just something I've been looking at and something that I've been going back to over and over again and just really chewing on, and that's because it's been, you know, um, something I've been going through, and I was actually inspired by this sweatshirt. If you're listening to the audio, if I can actually get it up, I don't know why it won't let me. Anchor will not let me upload the audio. Um, tried like 50 times now, <laughs> so it's a little frustrating. Uh but if you're on the video, I'm gonna stand up. Maybe you can see this 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 sweatshirt. So I got this sweatshirt on, and uh, so you see on the camera. And basically, what it is is it's a it's a, a hoodie, and um and it's got Job 23 verse 8 through 10 paraphrased on, and it says, "When I cannot see, still I am held." And and it's like a dark sky with the um the face of God very faint in the background, and then you see like a man holding a light. And uh, it's like the hand of God is still there, right? And the guy can't perceive that he's there. And so um, with that being said, you know, there's a lot of seasons that I find that in God where it's these deep valleys of where you can't hear, you can't see, you can't perceive. Uh, it feels like God has just completely forsaken you. Um, and, and you just have to trust that he's still working, that he's still, you know, um, on your team. He, he still, you know, got your back. He's still on your side. And in those seasons, it could be extremely challenging because, again, we, you know, we are beings that that live off our senses. And so this walk of faith overall is already a challenge to that, you know. Um, but thank God that the Holy Spirit and God, they are uh, real. You know, Jesus is real. And so, there is a tangibility to this, and there is times that we can hear his actual voice clearly. There is times that the scriptures just come to life, and, and there is times we can feel his tangible power and his presence. And, and, and so all that is real, but there's times that that's just not there. And, and, um, and so first thing I want to tell you right off the bat, just to encourage you, is if you've ever felt like God has just left you or you have gone long periods of time where you're just like, what is going on? Where is God at in my life? I want to tell you, you are not alone. And the next thing I want to tell you is if God gave up on you and God took his hand off your life and he just turned his back on you, then why are you still alive? 
Because the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. And so if God, the mediator, Jesus, just took his hand off your life, then what is keeping the devil from killing you? Because if God's mercy and his favor wasn't on your life, his plan, his purposes wasn't, his word, his will was not for you, then what's stopping the enemy from killing you? Because he would. And that's something that God told me a while ago that's really helped me with that. Like, okay, Josh, you think you feel forsaken right now? Well, then why are you still alive? Because <laughs> the devil would kill you real quick if I took my hand off your life. And I, you know what I mean? And I was like, hmm, good boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I want to tell you that. You, you definitely are still here for purpose, and God's still with you. And so, um, you know, and, I, and I'm going to say that the, just to add a little more context before we jump into this, because this I'm gonna, this is be more of a Bible study. Before I get into it, I'm going to give you a little more context of what I'm, you know, where I'm at is this has been a very interesting season. The reason I say that is because a lot is happening, like a lot of opportunities are happening. A lot of doors are opening like in crazy ways. And then simultaneously, God is being extremely silent. And that makes me nervous because not all good things are God. And so it makes me nervous because I'm like. Uh, I'm trying to look for God's wisdom um, in this all. I'm like, okay, is this really discern? Like, okay, is this from God? Is this a distraction to burn me out? Or is this a this or that? Or You know what I mean? And so with all that being said, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's like all this stuff is happening. And I'm like, I guess God is just trusting that my wisdom is his wisdom. You know what I mean? That I'll be wise enough to to base my decisions off his wisdom that he's revealed to me. And um, and so it's a very, you know, it's a very interesting, because it's like that tangible presence, that, that very clear hearing, a lot of the ways that I'm, I've experienced God in the past is not there right now. And, uh, and so this scripture has just really been speaking to me and I've just been chewing on it. And so I'm gonna share it with you, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it down with you because I'm not one of those people that's always feeling God's presence every day. And I know there's some people and I, you know, I'm jealous of them. I call them spoiled Christians. You know, they, it's like they say they feel God's presence every day. They sing a worship song, feel his presence. And I know what that's like. I had a season or two like that. You know what I mean? Um, but I think in a lot of ways for most of us, that's not how it is. And so don't be discouraged if that's how you feel like it is, because at some point God takes the training wheels off. And in many ways, as much as, uh, his presence is, is supposed to be a part of the Christian life. Um, it's very easy to do the Christian life when you have his presence. And so uh, I don't know that we grow too, too much when we don't go through these seasons of of, of silence and this, uh, what's going on. And it's all throughout the Psalms. And that's what's comforted me with it all. And so let me get into this real quick, though. So this is Job 23. Uh, I'm going to go from verse 8 to 17. I'm just going to read it through and then I'm going to go back and break down a couple things about it. So verse 8, he says, Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I do not perceive him. On the left hand, when he is working, I do not behold him. He turns to the right hand, but I do not see him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. My foot has held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and have not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured his words the words of his mouth, more than my portion of food. But he is unchangeable, and who can turn him back? What he desires that he does, for he will complete what he appoints for me. 
and many such things in his mind. Therefore, I am terrified at his presence. When I consider that I am in dread of him, God has made my heart faint. The Almighty has terrified me. Yet I am not silenced because of the darkness, nor because thick darkness covers my face. And so jumping right into it. What we see right off the bat is we see Job saying, you know, and we know the story of Job, most of us, if not, um, essentially Job had a lot of good things and, and Satan came basically and challenged God in a sense to, um, and, and God said, have you considered my servant Job? He knew that he was upright. And so in uh, Job 2, he basically talks about Job's integrity. And that's going to be another podcast I'm going to do down the road um, or within the next month or two. But anyways, uh and so anyways, Job gets his, his daughters die, his, you know, his, his animals get killed. Satan basically gets to do everything to Job but kill him. Uh, he gives him sores, all types of trials and just, you know, just traumatic things happening in his life. And, and so Job is staying, um, he's not cursing God, basically. He's, he's keeping integrity. And so this is in 23, so this is later in the story, basically. And he says, behold, I go forward, but he's not there. He goes backward, but I do not perceive him. And so he says, but when he is working on the left hand. Now, if you look at that word hand in the Hebrew, uh, what it, the word is simol. And uh, it basically means enwrapped, enveloped in darkness. So we get this idea that his hand is a hand enveloped in darkness. So we see that there is a hand that is covered, but it's active. So he's saying his hand is moving, but it's, it's covered. I can't see him. And he says, but he knows the way that I take. And he says, when he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. And so I want to stop right there for a second. Because first he says, this, this hand is dark and I can't see it. And then the word that's used for behold is kazal. And it actually means to mentally perceive contemplate with pleasure so when you behold god when you can see his hand moving it gives you a pleasure it gives you a sense of beholding him his glory um the beauty of god working in your life it gives you a pleasure for at his right hand are pleasures forevermore the fullness of joy is in his presence right that's what psalm 16 says and so he says look his hand is covered i can't see it, and i've lost the ability to behold what he is doing i've lost the ability to partake in the joy and the comfort of, of seeing what he is doing. And so then he says, look, when I've been tried, I will come forth as gold. And so we see this all throughout the Bible. You know what I mean? It, the Bible says that uh, our faith is to be tested and, and to, to be tested and tried. We see the psalmist say, you know, test my heart, Lord. And Jeremiah 17 says, try my heart, test my mind. You know, search me, O Lord. Find a wicked thing in me. So he says, look, this is how, back to that, the, the, the podcast I did about affliction. You know, he says, look, for when I have been tested, I will come forth as gold. When I've been tried. And then it says, my foot held fast to his steps. I've kept his ways. So there again, we see this integrity. We see this integrity in the moments when we feel farthest from God. Uh, when we feel like God has left us, we get weak in that place. And the devil comes in. And that's when he starts throwing everything at us. All the doubts. Just like Jesus was tempted in the desert. It says, when he got weak, Satan came. And so we see the same thing happening. He says, look... 
I've kept my ways, though. I didn't turn aside. I didn't depart from his commandments of his lips. And he said, not only did I not turn away from the commandments of his lips, but he says, I treasure his words more than my food. And guys, I don't know about you guys watching, but I find myself in this place all the time where I'm literally about to eat and I'm like, dude, I don't want anything. Like, I don't want food. I don't want the, the, the movie. I don't want any of these things. I just want his word. I just want his presence. That's what I want more. I don't, this food, I know is not going to fill me because we don't live off bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Job understood this. Job is very, very spiritual, very deep. I, Job is my favorite book in the Bible. I, I could... I could just do the rest of my podcast off the book of Job, honestly, but <laughs> it's my favorite. But anyways, he says, but he is unchangeable. Who can turn him back? So basically, Job understands, look, this is a point of surrender. God is going to do what he is going to do. All I can do is stay faithful to his word and keep and hold fast to my integrity. And so I think it's actually in chapter 24, 25, he, he says, for the rest of my life, I will just keep my integrity no matter what happens after this, this passage here. But um, uh, so anyways, he says, look, for he will complete what he appoints for me. And this is very encouraging to hear, right? Because God says, look, he says, I'll come out as gold after this is all done. But then he says, look, whatever he has appointed to me, and that word appoint actually means bonded to, um, bound, um, and a couple words I, for, I can't think of right now off the top of my head. Um, and um, But that was one that was interesting to me. Because you are bound. God has said a word to you that is bound to you. And, and a purpose and a plan that is bound to you. You know what I mean? And so he says, look, whatever he's appointed for my life, it will, it will be accomplished. So that comes with the bad and it comes with the good. So if you just stay steadfast in this place. You just stay steadfast in this place of darkness and this enveloped hand in this this place of not being able to perceive and behold uh, and maintain your integrity and maintain an upright heart. God will finish what he started. He will complete what he has appointed for your life. It says in it says in Luke, it says, don't let don't put your hand to the plow. If anyone puts his hand to the plow and turns back, he's not fit for the kingdom of heaven. It's, a, it's this plow that once we, we, we get born again and decide to follow Jesus, we put our hands to a plow and we decide we, we, we commit our ways to push that plow regardless of what happens. But the encouraging thing is that God will complete what he's appointed for you. And so then he says, look, I'm, I'm terrified at his presence. And, and this word actually for terrified, uh, I want to say, uh, uh, I forgot to, to write it down actually, but hold on one second, look, because this was a good one. This is actually Bahal. That's what the word is, Bahal. I did write it down, okay. Um, and so look, it says, this is, is it doesn't mean ter terrorized. It actually means um, alarmed or agitated, dismayed. Um, and it says to tremble inwardly. And again, this goes with this theme of not being afraid of God. It's just Job is understanding the the, the bigness of God, the, the glory of God. And it says, look, th this God that does all these things, uh, I am terrorized. I am um, troubled by, by this. You know what I mean? And so he says, I'm terrified at his presence. I'm sorry, I'm mixing my words a second. I'm terrified at his presence. So there again, it's the acknowledgement of who God is and Job, who, who he is in this order, right? 
um, in this ranking system, if you will, or this, you know, the, who, who's more superior? Obviously, God. And, and he says, when I consider this, I'm in dread. He says, God has made my heart faint. So again, he's, he's, he's captivating this image of, I'm feeling weak. Um, when we look at the word faint, so he says, my heart is faint. And that word is rakak, rakak, right? And I'm not, I'm not uh, fluent in Hebrew, so I might not be speaking that properly 100%. But what it actually means, though, is to be made soft. It just means soft and tender. So it's not that his heart is breaking. God's making his heart soft and tender because it is, it is in that humility of, of God breaking us down to a place where we're pliable um, and, and where we're uh, malleable and able to be turned and moved. It says in the Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs 25, um, it says, or no, Proverbs 21, it says that God make my heart like a stream in your hand, turn it where thy will. Uh, the king's hand or the, the, the king's heart is like a stream in the Lord's hand. And, um, and that's what he wants to do. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes he uses these types of things to break us down to that place. And, and t typically, honestly, if I'm honest, a lot of people lose their faith in these places. I've even had my faith very crazy tested, but then God will show up when you're like at the end of yourself, you know, like, and so anyways, he says, look, he, he, he my heart has grown faint and the almighty has terrified me. He said, look, but this is, and I'm gonna end with this, is the last verse he says, but I'm not silenced because of the darkness, nor because thick darkness covers my face. Now, this word silence doesn't mean to be quiet. It means I'm not consumed. I'm not destroyed. It's samath. That's what the word is in Hebrew. And so it's, he says, look, I'm not destroyed because of this darkness. And the word there in darkness, because you see darkness is used twice there. The first darkness that's used is koshek. And it actually means uh, ignorance, sorrow wickedness misery so this isn't like a light darkness this is this is death ignorance sorrow wickedness okay and he says look i'm not silenced i'm not cut off because of my ignorance towards what god's doing i'm not destroyed because of what i can't perceive is happening i'm not cut off from god's goodness because of this sorrow in my heart that's that's what's going on there. But then it's crazy because then you look and then you see death being used again and our darkness being used again. And this one is Ophel. And this one actually just means darkness. Um, that's it just means, you know, the darkness, uh, obscurity. And so he says, look, I'm not silenced. I'm not cut off. Okay, I'm not cut off. I'm not um, destroyed because of what I can't perceive, nor because of the thick darkness that covers my face. And so. I just think that's a beautiful way to end, end this verse, you know, and so basically what we could gather from this, if I had to sum it all up, we could, of course, just keep going deeper into it, break down everything, but right, but that was the sum, that was a theme of what I believe I've gotten out of it over the past few weeks that I've been looking at it, and um, and I think what what I gather from this is just this um, unrelenting trust that Job had for God. He had a, uh, a unwavering faith for God. He says, look, I am just confident. <laughs> he says, look, I know like 
all I can see is bad stuff happening. I don't perceive God doing anything. I don't hear anything, feel anything, perceive anything. Everything's covered in darkness. I can't behold what he's doing. I can't see. I, go, I move all around. Nothing's happening, right? All I see is, is negative stuff happening. But in that, he holds and clings to two things. He clings to the fact that after he'll be tried in this, because he understands he's being tried, he's coming forth as gold. Guys, I can tell you firsthand that every time I go through a valley, they get deeper and they get darker and they get longer. But guess what? Every time I come out on a new mountaintop, it's higher than the one before. Every year, I look back and I say, wow, I'm stronger this year than last year. You know what I mean? And so that's what I want everyone to get out of this, is that we have to keep our minds ahead and see that there is a mountaintop at the other end of this. And this is not me just trying to motivate you. This is, not vote. This is the ways of God. He takes. He's a God of hills and valleys. And so Job is certain of one thing. He's coming out as gold. And then the other thing is that God will complete what he has appointed for him. God is unchanging. And that God will carry out what he's decided to do, whether or not we're with it. And the best thing that we can do in these circumstances is to trust that it will come out in a pure place. And our best weapon in this place is our integrity and having an upright heart. Because the Bible says, and I'm honestly, I'm going to do a podcast just on integrity and upright hearts. Because it is huge. I, don't th I actually think it's probably one of the top like five weapons of warfare. <laughs> and it's not one you hear talked about. You hear joy, you know, the joy of my Lord is my strength. We praise is my warfare. This is how in my battles. And then there was fragrance. <laughs> then it turned fire. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> I don't know why I sang it like that. <laughs> but um but I believe integrity and upright hearts. Uh, I believe that's one of your top warfares. If you can keep integrity, it says God delivers the integrity. It says he keeps those with integrity. Uh, it guides them. Like, I mean, there's there's so many Psalms. I can't even rattle them all off my head in order right now. But but um, I'm going to do one on it. And so uh, with all that being said, I just want to encourage you, man, uh, whoever's watching, that is, uh, that's kind of where I've been. I've been in that season of, of just embracing it and just coming, just like surrender. Um, I, I trust it's, it, you're, you're, you're good. This always passes. Uh, I'm going to keep my, my head and just try to manage. Because, guys, let me tell you another thing before I end this. Your soul is your responsibility. You know, God, he, he saved your, your spirit. But us managing our emotions, uh, our attitudes, that's on us. That's part of, uh, you know, that's, that's something that we have to steward. And so that's why... Here's the other thing, and this is the last thing I think I'm going to end with for my closing. Um, guys, you could have crusades, revivals, you know, heal the sick, all these crazy good things. You could have a platform of 2 million followers, 500,000 followers, whatever it is, they do not impress God. God's not impressed by him because it's only by God's grace that you're doing it and that he's allowed you to do it by his mercy and because he just, he, he, he's allowed it. They do not impress God. The good works you do do not impress him. What impresses him is having integrity in a trial. That's what impresses God. That's why God was impressed with Job. Keeping the right attitude, an upright heart. 
not not turning to a, oh i think i can get away with this little thing no one's watching because a bunch of crap is happening to me i deserve one little slice of my own little uh, you know what i mean no integrity through the trial integrity in the rain integrity in the storm integrity 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you that is it that's what pleases god that's what impresses god when god could see like man these people are tearing him up he's surrounded by people doing him dirty uh, I'm not even doing anything that he could perceive. Like, I know he hasn't felt my presence for a long time. He hasn't heard my voice in a while. Um, but man, he's, he's, he's holding fast. It's steadfast love. It's long-suffering. Fruits of the Spirit. You know what I mean? Integrity in a trial. That's what, that's what pleases God, makes God smile upon you. Um, there's, there's a psalm or a proverb that says, Be wise, my son, and make your father glad. You want to make God glad, be wise. Be, God, be wise in your trials and have integrity in your trials. You'll make God smile, you'll make him proud, and you'll impress him. But uh, with all that being said, I'm going to end there. I mean, Job 23, 8 through 10. When I cannot see, still I am held. All right, thank you all for tuning in.